dealing with our series about follow Jesus. I want to talk about today how we ought to follow Jesus under his authority. I want you to grab it this way that Jesus is who we should be under. And so if we are under him, then we're under his authority. Do you understand? And so you should stand under Jesus. Let him stand over you. And then under him, you will understand you are under his authority. To know who Jesus is, is to know him to be the son of God. And to know him to be the son of God, we know him to be one with God. And to know him to be one with God is to know that he was one in creating everything that was made. Nothing that was created was not created without him. Saying all of that to say that Jesus has all power. And so if he has all power, I I would be happy to stay under his power, uh, under his authority, to know what it means to have a taste of his power coming over my life. Because when I know that I have the power of Jesus watching over me, then I'm able to quote some of those Bible verses we hear people quote all the time saying that greater is he that's with me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I say all those things only when I know the power that's behind it. So following Jesus means I must submit, I must surrender to his authority. But that's not a bad thing. We have allowed the word submit to be something negative because how we have submission in this world. Submission in this world is oftentimes followed uh, after this word. Beat into submission. And so we don't like submission because someone's oftentimes beaten into submission. They're forced into submission. And so we call submission was really oppression. Y'all quiet on me. Uh, was that too big of a word? Uh, oppression, y- y'all understand the word oppression? People make that word submission, but it's oppression. It means I beat you into a position that you must respond to me. Oppression comes from a place of power, of authority, to say that you must do what I say. But yet Jesus does not beat us into submission. He loves us into submission. And so, if I'm going to follow him, I must choose to follow him and be under his authority, under his power. Uh, We've heard many people say it this way growing up, as long as you are in my house. Showing out that this is my house, so you're in my realm of authority. You're going to do what I say. And yet, we forget that we live in God's house. Psalmist reminds us, earth is the Lord's. I only had a few people that caught on to what I just said. Help, help, me, help me tell your name. saying, the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, and all that dwells within. So this is God's house. 
Had me thinking about an old song back in the day that had Run. Run, Run came out and said, whose house is it? Run's house. And the, the DJ get up, choo-choo, say what? But we going to say, choo-choo, say what? Whose house is it? God's house. And so when you understand it's God's house, then I must understand I must be under his authority. I must do and follow his rules. But now I want to relate how we have been brought into God's house because he made us. He has chosen us and called us to be his chosen people. There's something special that God has chosen to love us with all our diverse backgrounds. Uh, Many of us are glad that uh, people don't know our real history. I said our real history. Uh, We give you the abbreviated version. Uh, You want to know who I am? You check my social media page. I have all my highlights mentioned there. None of the lowlights. You won't find how many times I've been arrested. You won't find how many times I broke people's hearts and broke people's trust. You won't find how many times I've disobeyed and did things I should not have done. We don't tell that. We tell all the good things. I graduated from here. I've done this. I've been here. I've seen this. And if we tell everybody all our story, they may not be as impressed in you as you think they are. But yet, for God so loved the world that regardless of what we have done and where we have been, he loves us. He calls and says, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to spend time with you. The creator of the earth, who speaks and things react by his voice, tells us he wants to spend time with us. And so I want us to think about following Jesus, spending time with him, and being under his authority. And for us to grab this, I want you to see how Jesus chose his 12 and Mark the 6th chapter. I'm going to be reading verses 7 to 13 from the New Living a translation again in our hearing. And as we are turning to this text, Mark, the Gospel of Mark, the 6th chapter, remember he has chosen the 12. He has called them out. Uh, he has been spending time teaching and he's been spending time healing and rebuking evil spirits. And, and in this time, he's been dealing with some people that believe in him and some people that do not believe in him. But yet it has not hindered him and be doing his ministry because Christ knows who he is. He's not letting other people label him. He knows who he is. And so he's going to do the work that God has called him to do. And so as he knows who he is, he realized that I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be obedient to the will that God has called me to do. So in this process, he has been establishing a work ethic that people start realizing that there's something special about him. He's uneducated. He's not a leader of the Pharisees and Sadducees group. He's a carpenter, but yet he speaks with power, and yet he's able to heal people. A woman can touch the hem of his garment and be healed. A, a, a man's daughter is dead, and he goes in the house, and they say, no, she's sitting up eating. We know she was dead. We were told she was dead, but yet she's alive after he left the room. There's something special about being in this man's presence 
that people's lives change. And so here it is. Jesus is showing us, just stick with me. And you see how lives change. Your life change. Other people's lives are changed. Just be in my presence. And so we get up for Jesus. We know who we are in Jesus. Now we want to be under Jesus' authority. If y'all didn't catch on, those are the past through sermons we dealt with. I only got a few of me. Somebody said, somebody pay attention to what the preachers preached. I see, I see. I'm going to take my time. Then, since y'all didn't get it, let me take my time. Join with me in, in Gospel of Mark, 6th chapter, right? Verse 7 to verse 13. It says, And he called his 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two, giving them, can someone say, authority to cast out evil spirits or unclean spirits. He told them to take nothing for their journey except a walking stick, no food, no traveler's bag or a money's bag, no money. He allowed them to wear sandals, but not to take a change of clothes or an extra outer coat or a tunic. And then he gave them these instructions. Wherever you go, he said, stay in the same house until you leave town. But if if any place refuses to welcome you or listen to you shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. So the disciples went out telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. And they cast out many demons and healed many sick people, anointing them with olive oil. Notice how Verse 30, I want us to drop down with me. Notice at verse 30 what happens here. So we start verse 12. They went and did what he, he told them to do. Chapter 6, verse 30. Y'all with me still? The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. And so they had a, a successful ministry. I want, to, I want you to realize that they had a successful ministry. And so as we look at how he gave them authority. Can someone say authority one more time? He gave them authority. Notice what first he gave them. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. This is powerful because he's pointing out to them, I am giving you power over the unseen world. They, they had not seen power like that's why they had that demon called Legion and they realized like ain't nobody mess with him. But wait a minute, Jesus can get him and he can rebuke that evil spirit. They kicked him out the country. Y'all need to you know, get up out of here. We, 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 do, we, we, like, we like the devil. Y'all quiet on. They kicked him out. So he went to the other side. He went, he went home. He out his mind. He had to leave in disbelief. Couldn't do many miracles there. Now he's on another side. Gave power to the disciples. Now, first I want to tell you this. Who are the twelve? Now, you notice in the word it says he sent them out. That's where we get the word, the apostles. Because that's a, a translation from the Greek word to send out. And these were the ones he sent out. These 12 are the apostles. And so that's why some suggest that the apostle age is done because Jesus has not chosen anymore. Y'all quiet on. That he purposely sent out. But here's the other thing that who he sent out. He sent out 12 people 
who are not ready to do awesome things. What does that mean? That means this, that when he has chosen you, he did not tell you to be perfect. The problem is sometimes that we tell people to get ready, to be ready, when God says, I just need you to be available. Y'all catch the difference? Available means I'll do whatever you ask. To get ready means I need some time, I'll get ready. No, no, I'm going to go who's ready to go. And so here it is. He took a thief. How you know he a thief? He was a tax collector. And he said, anything I robbed him, I'll pay him back double and I'll follow you. That's Max, that's Levi. He took a cursor. How you know he a cursor? He says that, I don't know the man. Bleep, 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 bleep. Not once, not twice, three times. The Bible says that he cursed. I don't know. Even the Bible was edited. It didn't have the curse word there. Y'all say that there. Y'all see that there. He had, you had another thief in there. His name is Judas. And he's also a betrayer. It says that he was a thief. That he stole out the money basket. He's going to cry saying, all that expensive oils, they spilled it on Jesus' head. We could have used that money. To give it to the poor. But the Bible says that he only said that. Basically, if it was written in our language, he said, he lied. He just wanted that money for himself. It took four fishermen who did not know the word. But he used terminology that says, I'll make you fishers of men. Come and follow me. Two of them were following John the Baptist. says, I found the one he's been talking about. Andrew didn't believe it. I saw you sitting under the tree. Oh, how you know that? Blessed are those who believe. And so I want you to grab it. He got a whole group of men with different issues, different problems, but yet he says, I can use you. What you saying, preacher? I'm saying that God can use you. Just follow him and get under his authority. You start realizing that he will empower you to do things that you never thought you'd be able to do. He gave them power and authority over unclean spirits. Y'all see that? And so, don't look to be like anybody else. Be who you are. Because that's who we call. And, and, and how it is now, I, I know when I was growing up playing basketball, nothing against LeBron James, but he wasn't around when I was growing up. I wanted to be like Michael Jordan. So every time I played horse, I had this one move at the end of horse I would do. And I would jump from the free throw line like I was about to dunk. I'm seven years old. I'm not getting nowhere near the rim. But I would get that ball and put it back, stick my tongue out. Because ah! I wanted to be like Mike. And so here it is that we need to understand that we should be like us. Don't try to be like somebody else. See, I was trying to be like Mike, so I thought I could make the NBA. Thought I would have me a career in the NBA, because what? That's what Michael Jordan did. So I'm going to be like him. Michael Jordan got cut. I got cut seven times. I'm going to make the team one of these times. Kept on trying out. Finally, I realized I ain't going to be like Mike. I became the basketball manager. I said it in the bench. You want some water? You want some time? Coach looked at the schedule ahead of time. He said, Sam, we're going to beat this team, so dress up. Or you'll get at the end. Yes, sir.
Oh, I get on that crib. But I, every chance I, I wish for every rebound. I fouled every player because, you know, you don't get your name in the paper unless you do a stat. If I don't get a rebound, I foul. My name's in the paper. Samuel, yeah, I was in the game right there, right there, right there, right there. So I realized I was comfortable who I am. A scrub sitting on a bench. One Michael Jordan. But I was comfortable who I am. And from that, I built relationships with all the basketball players. I was able to share Christ with them. I was able to share who I am to them or who God wants them to be. Not knowing I was impacting their life. I get with them. They tell me, Sam, you helped me out. What? I did something? Only thing I thought I helped them out one time is I canceled practice. I canceled practice because they didn't think I could dunk. But Mike Robinson knew I could dunk. He said, Sam, I'm going to set it up. I'm going to set them up. Uh, coach, uh, if Sam can dunk, can we not have practice today? Sure, Sam can dunk. All right, Mike threw me the lob. Bam, practice over. Yes, sir. Ha, ha, ha. And so build a relationship. Just be comfortable who you are. Here it is. God has chosen these 12 to do something they would never done before. He gave them authority. I can imagine them being nervous, but yet they say, we've seen Jesus do it. So let us just do what Jesus does. This is, this is, this is how you know they just copied what Jesus has done. Notice the text tells us he gave them authority over the unclean spirits. But notice when you look at what they did at verse 12. So, so the disciples went out telling everyone they met to repent. Notice they didn't go out looking for evil spirits. They went out telling everyone. Y'all see that there? Everyone. Everyone they met to repent. Why is that? Because that's how Jesus began his ministry. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. You see... When we are comfortable with who we are, we're able to do the simple things that God calls us to do. Jesus has empowered us to do his work for his kingdom. One of the main works for his kingdom for us to teach people to repent, to know who he is. When you're under Jesus' authority, you share in his authority. Notice that when they were under his authority, he empowered them and shared his authority with him. We are blessed now more than ever because he has freely given us the Holy Spirit, that we're able to know his power, experience his power, and be a vessel for his power. That's why we like that part in Ephesians. Many of us quote that and memorize it, may not know where it is. It's in Ephesians 4th chapter. It's towards the end. It goes saying, now unto him who is able to exceedingly above and beyond what we can ask or think or even imagine. But we, we miss, we might forget what it says towards the end of the part. For the glory of his church in you, in, through Christ Jesus. Notice that it's for his glory that's in us, the church, through Jesus Christ. When we are confessing believers of Jesus Christ, he is the head, we are the church. God says, I will give you power to do amazing things beyond what you can ever think or even imagine. Some of y'all looking at me now. Go, go, go read for yourself right there in the Bible. I won't tell you a lot. And so here it is. Here it is. He shares his authority with them. He sends them out two by two. Now, this is a great part for us to grab here about why it's two by two. The reason why, because this is before social media age. Back, back then, they trusted people's word. I'll let that sit for a moment. Today, we don't trust people. If somebody tell you something, you look at it right away on your phone. That ain't right. Let me look this up. I don't believe you. But here it is that 
they witness the two and two. If one and agree, that's why I say when two agree means this, this verifies the testimony. So Jesus sent them out by two so they can verify their testimony. But here it is now how we are, that we have the Holy Spirit with us. We have the evidence of God all around us, and we can speak the truth of God, and yet we can bring a witness with us and say, is God real? Yes, he is. See, I got a testimony. And we can help people to know that we can spread this gospel, and we empower and encourage one another. And so here it is that we ought to team up with other brothers and sisters in Christ. We should not be separated because of a time of Sunday morning. We should not be separated because someone was submerged in the water and somebody poured water over them. We should not be separated because some like to clap their hands and some don't want to clap when they sing. We should not be separated because some want to get in and, and some want to spend for two hours. We should not be separated, but we should be united for God's glory. We need to spread this gospel. And so notice Jesus unites them and sends them out. And say, hey, we, I need you to go. When they were telling others the gospel message, he gives them power to be victorious. Notice this, that Jesus gives us power to be overcomers because we are overcomers through Christ Jesus. Jesus has overcome the world already. But right now he's letting his disciples know that don't be scared of what's going to be ahead of you. I'm going to give you authority over it. This reminds me of Joshua. Y'all remember Joshua that followed after Moses? And so Moses had passed away, and Joshua has this, this daunting task of, of leading these hard-headed folks. Y'all quiet on me. Joshua has been experiencing that. He's the only one left with his brother, with his boy. Uh, 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 it was Caleb, and I forgot the other one's name. There's two of them left, and they can conquer Joshua because they're the only two spies that believe in the message. And so they know that these folks say they love God, but they do everything that God tells them not to do. And so God reminds Joshua, says here, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. But my favorite part, he lets Joshua know, he says, every place your feet step on, I have given that to you. And so he's letting them know that I'm going to lead you to places that I have already conquered for you. I've already delivered it to you. I, I wish someone could see where I'm going right now, but let me just make it clear. Jesus gave them authority to let them know that you're going to go in victory because I've already given you power that everywhere you go, well, you will be able to do great things for the kingdom of God. People will be healed because you are there. People will be saved because you are there. People will be healed of sickness because you are there. You'll be removing evil spirits because you have my power and my authority. What I'm trying to encourage you to understand that if you walk in God's power and move in his power, you'll start seeing situations changing around you just because it's God doing the work, not you. He's pointing them out that, look here, I'm giving you power. Why did it matter that God gave them power? Notice what he says. He says, do not do this. Do not take money. Do not take bread. Do not take an extra coat. Do not go looking for another place to stay. What's this teaching them? To depend on God. When we're under God's authority, we must trust him and depend on him, believe that he's going to come through because he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. No, no, notice how he tells them, don't take money, which means you've got to depend on somebody else to provide for you. Don't take any bread, which means you've got to depend on somebody else to give you something to eat. Give us this day. 
out. Some of y'all read the Bible. I said some of y'all, some of y'all said it, and then some of y'all missed it. Daily bread, my per diem, what I need each day. My God will provide. He tell them, don't take any. Trust them to provide for you. And then here's another step. He tells them, don't go be looking for better accommodations. The place you go is the place you ought to stay. Here it is. Oftentimes, while we're doing great works for the kingdom of God, we start looking at other people and say, I want what they got. And you think about how, how Judas might have been. You know, Judas always liked the good things. Judas wanted all the good things. So, he, so Peter might be in a better house than Judas. P- Judas might be like, I won't be in the house Peter in. Peter got all that good food over there. I, I got canned food. They got fresh food. He got a king-size bed. I'm sleeping on a cot. So he's looking over and saying, I want better. But Jesus says, no, be satisfied with what you have. In our lives, we need to learn how to be satisfied with what we have. God has placed you under his authority. Will he, he will not forget about you. He's going to give you what you need, but you want some stuff that you don't need. I see I'm hurting people's feelings. They say, Pastor, you hurt me. Get on. you messing with me too much. Don't allow the consumerism of this world blind you to think that if you have something expensive, you're worth something. I want to let you know that Christ didn't die for Gucci. He didn't die for Versace. I'm talking about the name. He died for the people. He didn't die for that name brand. Some people think you are you you saved because you put on something nice. No, you saved because of the blood of Christ. And I, and I tell you this, you think you look good now, but glory be to God, when I get to heaven, won't well, nothing compare to what he's going to put in when we can walk on his runway. So don't get caught up with this world that's going to be thrown away. Oh, thank you, Jesus. This came from God's press. So don't be happy with the world's trash. Because you know this world's going to be thrown away. You, you know how oftentimes how they used to get rid of garbage, they burnt it? What God going to do to this earth? Somebody didn't hear me. It's all right. I'm moving on. So as you follow on his authority, you learn to depend on him. You learn to trust him. You know that God will provide for you. And then you'll see the power of his ministry. Notice the power came. It says that they went out telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. They cast out many demons and healed many sick anointing them with the olive oil. What I want to highlight is that they had success, but also Jesus realized that even among your success, there are going to be some people that don't receive you. He says that when you go out the city, shake the dust off the sands. And, and what that meant is that you remove the unclean, remove the pollution from you when you go. This comes because there's a tradition that when they came back into the Holy Land, they shook off the dust from the pagan lands so that it wouldn't be polluted with what was on the outside. What I want to encourage us that we need to be mindful too that we don't get polluted with the world and not serve our God. 
Don't allow the negativity and the hatred and the racism and all the schisms out in the world pollute you from proclaiming the kingdom by preaching a message of repentance and letting people know that there is healing available. You ought to go ahead and say, let me move this stuff from my life so I can stay focused on what God has called me to do. Because I am not under the world, but I'm under God's authority. And so I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight, trusting that my God can make a way out of no way. I'm going to leave you alone. I'm done preaching now, but let me tell you, encourage somebody today that you want to go home and you want to see change in your life. You want to see redemption in your life. You want to see your children to love the Lord. You want to see your spouse to love the Lord. You want to see your grandbabies to love the Lord. Well, here it is that you must first turn to him and say, Lord, I'm available to be used by you. Because too many times we tell people to go talk to the preacher when God sent you. Jesus sent them out to go tell them about the goodness of the Lord. He has called you. He has equipped you. He has empowered you from on high, from the Holy Spirit. And John, it says, my father will give you power from on high. I'm going to leave you, but I won't leave you comfortless. I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit so you can be my witnesses. So don't get home crying and saying, my world is dying, but say, Lord, how can I save this dying world? Lord, I'm available to be used by you. We need to open ourselves up to be under his authority and participate in his power and preach a message of repentance, knowing that healing is possible and knowing that our God, hallelujah, can rebuke and cast out evil, wicked, and unclean spirits so we can have a place of refuge, a place of peace. Let us get under his authority. Let us pray. God, we come.